Welcome to Heartbeat, a podcast run by Altawan College, where we discuss how to flourish in all things life, work, and relationships. We'll listen to the stories and wisdom of our staff and draw upon outside guests who are practitioners in their field. We hope these episodes inspire and equip you to flourish, whether in the context of Altawan or beyond to the rest of life. We are your hosts, Nathan Forster and Mark Godfrey here. Yep. And in today's episode, we're speaking to Martine Trinder, who's sharing about her journey in Alter One and in her other work as a life coach and to offers us some wisdom in the context of relationships and emotional safety. So, yes, let's welcome to the show. Welcome, Martine. It's good to have you with us. Yes. Hi. It's great to have you here. Maybe first of all, tell us what you do at Alter One. I've had a few roles over the last 21 years. I think I was counting them up for the purpose of this podcast. I've had six, I think. 21 years? (laughs) Not all on the ground uh, as as staff. My role on the ground was EF, Educational Facilitator, slash chaplain, really, I think. Yes. Really, because we didn't have a chaplain role back then, but that was what we did, wasn't it, Mark? So Mark and I, after the first six months, when Paul did the first EF role, it was Mark and I, and we worked together for the first three or four years. I oh, see so you were like both doing, yeah. We, he was doing the guys, yeah. the, the, the boys, yeah. students. I'm doing the girls' students. Oh, no way. I started the first girls, you know, with the first six girls. Yeah, right. Mark had then the six boys, yeah. and we, we worked together for the first few years with relief teachers because we didn't have a regular. Yeah, right. Um, and so that was our space, wasn't it? You and me. A very small space. <laughs> a very small space, managing these kids, locking up. The kitchen knives, you know, for I need padlocks, rescuing cars <laughs> that have been burnt down the track, fixing door hinges that have been cracked and broken. Wow. Because, because of temper tantrums. Yes, because of poo course. on the walls. You know, wow. the whole gamut of what, what it is to be an EF or an EA now. They're wow. EAs now. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, and I think five or six years in, I moved from that over into the corporate governance side of our organisation and I've been roaming around in yeah, those right. halls. For um, the last 20, well, the last 15 probably years. Yeah. Um, and so currently I think I have a role in governance um, uh, on boards and things. Um, I greatly value those roles um, in the community domain space, mm. um, which is part of our you know unique recipe that we have for, for helping kids is the community domain. So Paul and I run that. He's the executive director. I assist with training and, you know, thought leadership and all that sort of stuff. So... Um, Super awesome. Yeah, and we've got Queensland too. Let's not forget Queensland. Yes, yeah. Hello, it's guys. like our baby. Yeah, hello, Queensland. Super cool. Wow. Yeah. And you've been on the ground and you know the experience as well, like just oh, hearing yeah. some of the stories between both of you as I well with uh, what it was like in that pioneering days. That's absolutely incredible. I know. Wow. Some days managing the emotional content of the of the day yeah. you got no work done <laughs> it was just a, i'd be like Mark, really... we just need to stop everything right now <laughs> we just need to sort this out and we'd have to pull aside you know the one child that's really coming to school yeah completely triggered yeah. completely you know yeah. unable to study unable to work unable to do anything yeah and then <laughs> use everything within us we had cars we we had mcdonald's we had yeah, it was a steep learning curve <laughs> it was oh, a steep... i'm sure <laughs> and every engagement tool you could possibly find 
to use as a bribe. Yes. yes. <laughs> you did. You sang to them. Like you do that now, you did guys. raps. No, you can't do that now. This is a different landscape <laughs> yeah, now. Really I used to make um, hand creams and different things like that because I, I had did that heaps creative stuff. side. So we used to do, even the boys would want, yeah. you know, to muck around yeah, and did. do stuff. Yeah, do craft, you know. Yeah, wow. Because very therapeutic as we know Absolutely. now. But back yes, in the day, yes, yeah. back in the day when we started, we mm-hmm. would just use every single thing at our you know, wow. um, accessibility. Yeah. Yeah. Paul would be down all the time, like after the first six months. He was the first EF. Yes. Um, and so he was really on the ground and I used to just come down there and be there. Yeah. But then when, when that role went to Mark, mm. um, Paul would always be there because he's just like gangster, just wants to be with all I the gangster it. kids, right? Yeah. yeah. Just wants to just muck around and talk to them. And, and so that was they were great days. They were awesome days. Yeah, they wow, they were really yeah, nice. no, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. and what about what about now? So, what's your role in Alter One at this moment? The community domain role—that's who we are, Paul and I. Mm-hmm. You know, senior pastors for probably nearly thirty years. Yeah, we run a charity for the homeless. Mm-hmm. These are the this is the landscape of people that we love, right? Yes. Um, life coaching clients. I've always kept that very small because mm-hmm. I have other things that I'm doing. Yeah. Sure. But it's something in my life that I I just can't pull it out of my heart, right? Yes. What I'm interested in is your emotional health, mm. your boundaries, yes. your yes and no in yes. your life, you know, how so safe important. you are. So because that's the place where, you know, I, I've learned how to do that for myself and yeah. I've found over the years in those landscapes that I've just talked about, with yeah. kids, with clients, pastoring people, with homeless, mm. they don't feel permission mm to be emotionally safe. That, mm. that, that's one of the common denominators I've noticed across all of the different people groups. Mm. And it's fascinating to me. And I and, and I suppose being an observer, I, I sort of honed in on that. So I'm an avid fan of Henry Cloud and John Townsend. Yeah, right? good, they're good. I cut my teeth on all of their stuff. Yes. I've read most of their books and just studied it and taught it, reproduced it, used mm. it, mm. counseled and coached with it. That's the space where we need permission sometimes to go, okay, this is what's happening in this relationship and I don't actually – it doesn't actually need to be that way. Yeah. I can actually change it. Yeah, very good. But I, I think I'm getting ahead of myself. No, no, no. no. I think this Fantastic. is great. I think the, the, the language, just even that term of permission is such a powerful mm. word mm. and you're right that we do need to give people that sense of permission to be themselves, yeah. to, to name the experiences and emotions that they're having. And that's sort of what we're talking about yes. today yes. is about that that concept of emotional safety. And that's where we want you to yeah, share about that importance, what you've seen within that context, within Alter One, but even more broadly, even in your life coaching yep. and just with people and your ministry experience. So just, do you want to talk into that? Yeah. Like, so I would find, I, I just want to start by saying I would find that what is it? just what is emotional safety? As simple as it is, sitting in a room with someone and saying, it's okay Hmm. for you to move that person emotionally in your life. Like, that sounds so simple, yet it has set so many people, like so many people from that space walk out feeling empowered, not not feeling controlled or feeling dictated to by a set of circumstances in in our lives. And we focus on physical health and we focus on um, mental health now has become a massive Hmm. landscape. But... You hear the drips and drabs of emotional health, but I reckon in the next 20 years you'll hear it a lot more. Mm. But yet emotions run our lives. Yes. Right? Emotions. Yeah, they can. They run our lives. They do. No, no, no. And 
that's not a bad thing. Mm, yeah. But if you're not managing those emotional yes. spaces, yes. then then it's a bad thing yeah. because yeah. you then get run by it. Yes. You are not running it. Yeah, that's, right? and that's a great distinction between you, know, you serving emotions yes. being surging through you yeah. and you not having um, stewardship of those emotions exactly. versus, versus who's the other in way around. Yeah, who's absolutely. leading the party? Who's absolutely. leading the dance? And you saw that. You would have seen that in Alter One in Lots. those beginning stages. Lots. And I watched that over those initial forming years where you would engage with young people, particularly yeah. the girls and, and, and the boys as well. Um, one of them was that couch time place. I know. Can you tell I'm us about that? I'm, I'm genuinely curious about it. I'm doing I'm sitting here with a, a cushion in front of me because it reminds me of couch time. Yeah. What would happen, the boys ended up dribbling in, I think, after the girls all would do it, and yeah. then they, they sort of gained confidence. But we had an office off to the side with all glass windows so everything was, you know, transparent and accountable because that was <laughs> that's one of our values yeah, yeah, to yeah, be, yeah. you know. Um, so, yeah. Um, so, yeah, just I don't know how, how it worked, but we ended up <laughs> with me sitting on one couch and one of the, one of the students sitting on the other couch yeah. and it just happened... Over and over and over. So much so that Mark ended up calling it couch time. It was just, hey, you need to go and get some couch time from Martin. And that's what he ended up used to saying. Uh, and it became a thing. It stuck. <laughs> I love that. That is emotional. That's that thing about emotional safety. It is. That you allowed permission for them to come into that space and be mm. – and not be managed, not be – I'll be ruled by their emotion, yeah. but help them to actually own yes. what they were experiencing. The other thing I did a lot in that space was give them their choices, mm. give them their options. Power. Yeah. Because one of the things I find as parents that when you don't acknowledge that the coaching years are from 12 onwards, mm. when you try and control them in the coaching years, mm. you lose them relationally, mm. yeah, right? Mm. And... And with these kids that we've got, mm. uh, we started with senior school and had senior school for a long time. So we've got the age group of 15, 16, 17. Mm. They're well and truly in their age where, you know what, they actually have to make decisions for themselves, mm. hopefully in a safe environment where they can fall gently. Yes. We yep. need to fail, but we yep. need to fail in a safe place, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and a lot of their family life wasn't giving them, wasn't acknowledging that they have that choice, mm. right? Yes, you have to live by the rules of your family that you live within in the home that you're living in. Sure. I, I get all that. But one of the things I used to sit and do with them is they'd come in, they'd, you know, been doing drugs the night before, they're flat out, something had happened, triggered them, all of that, and sit with them and listen to them. And I'd go, okay, so this is great. So you've got a couple mm. of choices. Mm. If you leave here today and you do this, then... A, B, and C is going to follow. Yeah. And you are, it is within your power to make that choice, mm. right? That is your age. This is where you're at in life. Or you could leave here and do this and X, Y, Z is going to follow. And mm. they are the things I never, it was not our place and it isn't our place to tell them what they should or shouldn't do, right? But if you're older than someone or you've had more experience, you can actually give them the heads up. Yeah. And yeah. that... I think I think it was that more than anything that got them coming back. I still have a relationship with those kids today. Wow, they're all grown ups. Yeah, they've got families. Yeah. Some are doing most are doing well. Some are not. Yeah, you yeah. Know, some are still struggling with the same issues that they had, you know, similar issues or mm. than they had when they came to us. But um, I think I just think as parents, as people in authority, mm. as people that have a significant position mm. over others. Yes. I think we need to be um, we need to be respectful mm. 
of that that space because our job when they're 12 onwards is actually to teach them how to be an adult. Yes. And how can you teach them to be an adult if you're telling them what to do, you know, rather than give them information, Mm -hmm. let them make their choice and they're going to miss it sometimes and sometimes they're not. But that's theirs to own and theirs to run and theirs to hopefully grow, you know, in that space. But I loved that. Those days were those days were awesome. Because of this space I found over and over again with the kids, and not just with the kids, pastoring then at that point mm. had hit an all-time high. We were growing mm. as a church, yeah. um, Mark, and and there's more people that want to talk to you and more people who've got issues and more people that want to know how to manage. Mm. And the common thread that I used to find was that this place of permission, like how... How do you communicate to someone, look, if this isn't working for you, then change it? Yes. A lot of people don't feel empowered to do that. Mm. So I created these little circles. They're not rocket science. Then you know, it's not stuff that you won't find anywhere else in the world um, in terms of the logic that goes behind them. Mm. But they were a tool that I was able to show the kids. So they're just five concentric circles. Yep. Me's in the middle. Around the outside uh, is where you're all your acquaintances and all your, um, I call them my high-bye friends because... Yeah. I like that, high-bye friends. Yeah, you just say right? hi and you say bye. They're yeah. the people, you know, your coffee yeah. shops. Yeah. You know the ones. You, yeah. you know the ones, you, you, yeah, yeah. your petrol stations, your, wherever you, you... Sometimes you know their names, sometimes you don't. Yeah. Um, the next circle in... This is an interesting circle because this circle is... I call it the seasonal friends. Yeah. But I put work in there because... Seasonal and context friends. Yeah. Some people, you know them because of a context in your life, like work. Yeah. But just imagine you go to a different work. There are some people you will never, ever see again, right? Mm, and yeah. they are seasonal friends, but yet they still impact your life mm, in mm. a way. It's not as intense as the next circle in, which is your heart friends. Mm. And those heart friends, sometimes you move people from the high buy circle. Yeah. They move their way. They mark, yeah, they can they mark, shift. Yeah, this is the point of the circles, right? This is why, because until you name something, you can't manage it. Mm. Naming it means managing it. And right. when you can name which circle you've got your friends in, mm. you can then move them when that is toxic, when there's betrayal, when there's a lot of love, and mm. you need to move them closer to your heart. Yes, wow. Well. You know what? For whatever reason, good or bad. So mm. that's uh, so this little tool. It was like a little tool for me. I said, draw the draw the circles on the board and just say to them, okay. So right now, you've placed um, your mum. Okay, let's just go there because um, the reality is sometimes it's people in our closest circle that. Yeah, and mum and dads might be listening. Offer to the most pain, and that's a reality. So. It might be yeah. our children. It could be you know. Mm. So at one example, you've placed your mum in this best friend circle because the one, so it goes high by, seasonal, mm. work, hobby, all those, heart, right. and then it goes best friend, and then it goes you. Mm. And, you know, in the you space, I sort of recommend that it's just you. Mm. You and maybe you're something greater. Mm. We call it something greater because mm. it's the broadest term. Yeah. And I think my personal opinion is that it's safest is if that's what's in your middle circle. Some people have a tendency to put your best friend in there and I don't advise that. I don't think that's the best idea. I think you need to have mm. another space for mm. that for yeah. that best friend. Um, but just so going back to this mum, you've put her, you've put your mum in this best friend circle and you're constantly getting hurt. Mm. They're constantly violating your boundaries. Mm. Where do you feel empowered to move that person? Well, well, I would I found, which is why I love this tool, mm. simple tool, is that they didn't feel like they could. Mm. Which is a lie, right? That's that's actually not true, mm. right? Mm. You actually your you create your destiny. Mm. You create your you design your life intentionally. So why would you not 
assess that and go, this isn't working. For me, this relationship is not, it's a little toxic right now in this mm. season. Yeah. So why can't you move that person? Maybe you don't want to move them to your heart friend space. Maybe you want to put them in your acquaintance space. Now, I know you live in the same house. Yeah, and I was going to ask you That's a bigger question. conversation, right? Yeah, that's a bigger yeah. conversation. And that's a conversation we certainly had. In, yeah. in, in those, in mm. those, mm. you know, how do you manage the expectations? How, how do you? What does that look like? Because the other thing I sort of, sort of worked out in these spaces, if we ranked them out of five, mm. I look at love, joy, mm. grief, mm. trust, and pain. Mm. So I sort of went, okay, these are sort of big emotions, right? Mm. How does that work in each of the circles? And um, in the high buy space, love is low. Pain from a relationship is low because you're saying hi and bye to someone, right? Yeah. Grief is low. Yeah. Mm. So basically, if we run through it, one out of five, mm. you get down into your heart's, heart friends in the middle and, you know, things are getting a little bit more. <laughs> now now you say something to upset me and I'm feeling a little, I'm feeling a bit upset about it, right? So we're <laughs> in a three out of five, right, in the heart space. But when we're best friends, woo, hang on a minute now. Oh, you feel it. My world stops, right? Yeah. The whole world stops when you do something mm. that I feel like you might maybe betrayal. And it might not be a big thing to you, but it's obviously crossed something of mine. Yes. That's a different space of pain. That's a different space of grief. That's yes. a different space. So yeah. what I found using this sort of guideline was it helped the kids understand that it was up to them and they mm. actually had a choice in this space yeah. because mm. I found that most of them come to us with not mm. not feeling safe emotionally. Yeah, that right. was, And that's why I love talking about this topic because I feel like we need empowering to actually go, well, hang on a minute, hang on a minute, my day can be how I want it to be. Mm. The people I've put in my day are of my choosing. Yeah. Where I place them emotionally and how important I make them is my choosing. No mm. one else has dictated that to me. Mm. And so I have a whole other thing on family. Because family, we have a close family. Yeah. Like we, like I'm married into a very close family. I'm, I feel very close with the family I'm married into as well as my own family. And so close family is the normal for me, right? Yeah. It is not the normal for in every household. It isn't. And how do you manage that space? Mm. Because sometimes there's guilt or there's yeah. other emotions around how important or how close you should be putting yeah. family in these circles. Mm. And this is what I found. Family belong in every single one of those circles. Mm. They don't belong in the necessary to the best friend or the heart circle. And that, again, I found gave a lot of permission to, to these kids and to, like, the people that, you know, we've passed over the years in our community to go, it's okay. It's mm. okay if you don't feel close or if you don't feel emotionally yeah, safe right. mm. with your cousin or mm. your auntie. Yes. Or your niece, yes. right? It's okay to put them in the acquaintance. It's okay if you do funerals and weddings, right? Oh, yeah. We make jokes about funerals and weddings. You know when you only see family at funerals and weddings? Yeah. But it's okay yeah. if that's a safe yes. space that you yeah. place them in emotionally. Yeah, so this is obviously one of those key tools that, that was used very much so. And actually it could even be a good tool for for staff listening to this podcast to even utilise in their own context. All parents, you've really answered that. Mm. To be honest, you've really answered that that question about how do we build the strongest, healthiest and safest relationships. There's a lot in that that you were talking about. Again, for me, that theme of permission, power, agency, the capacity to make your own choices um, and and feel that mm. to, to position people. Absolutely. I think, you know, as adults, we're not always good at it. 
No. But as we don't get trained in it, Mark. No, and, and even as for young people, like when they're coming up in the context of the work we do, they're really trying to work it out. Yes. And then as staff within Alter One to be able to help that young person to um, have those moments. Yes. And I know you, Nathan, you've done that in the work you've done with the counselling and stuff mm. like that with young people to give them that permission, yes. to give them that sense of ownership of my own world and go, oh, and they have those aha moments. Yes. And sometimes it's can be really quick and sometimes it takes a long time. And for yes. the most part, I'd say it probably takes a longer time it to does. learn the skills of emotional safety. Mm. And we were just like nearly 30, 30 something plus years just in this room yes. talking about it. Um, do you want to? Well, yeah. And I mean, first of all, I just want to say just everything that you've spoken so far, it really dovetails into that, that big picture of facilitating emotional safety mm. on the ground, you know, whether it be the couch time or whether it be students understanding like who their, their people are in their life that they can also be considered emotionally safe, especially through that circle framework. So I really like that, and that's just really, really profound wisdom, I think. Um, Super cool. I just want to ask, how does trust influence emotional safety? That's a great question. I think trust is a foundation stone. Mm. I think I can't have a relationship with you unless I believe certain things about you, right, and you believe certain things about me too because it's – it is actually a two-way street. It can't just be me trusting you. There's always going to be yes. some weird version of of our friendship yes. if that's if that's how it is. <laughs> that's right? not how it works. That's not it's how it shared, works. It's a shared reality, it's, not it's a, a shared, individual reality when it comes to relationships. Which, which brings me trust. to like our definition of relational engagement is yes, relational engagement is an intentional shared practice where people invest in connecting to create a safe place like I would posit an emotional safe place mm. as well, mm-hmm. of belonging and community. So without trust, we're pretty stuck. Now, what's been great in the last couple of years is we've brought in a trust framework that when we've been working with some specialists mm. um, and some consultants around that. And if I can just briefly mention please, what it yeah, is, please. because awesome. I've been using this and loving it. I've looked up and researched. There are a few trust frameworks, okay? So this isn't the only one, no, no. but this is the one we're using. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what I love about it is, that first of all, it splits, if you can imagine, four quadrants and the top two and the bottom two. The top two are operational and the bottom two are relational. Mm-hmm. So first of all, you've got language immediately and vocabulary to be able to split up where you may be feeling trustworthy or and where you may not be feeling trusting mm. in a relationship with someone. And that's not vocabulary I've really looked into previously. Mm. So I, I'm loving, I yeah, love this I like framework that. for that reason, right? And even you say operational trust, but you can have operational trust at home. Yeah. So if if <laughs> Emma's job is to do the laundry and Sam's job is to do the, they're my kid, they're two of my kids, yeah. to do the dishes, Operational trust is, I'll, I'll tell you what the top one is, mm-hmm. um, reliability, yeah. right? Because the four quadrants up the top, under operational trust, you have reliability and competence. But reliability is, inverted commas, promise keeping. Right. I benefit from the certainty of your actions. So reliability, operational trust for me is that Sam's going to do the dishes and Emma's going to do the laundry, right? That's mm. operational trust, even, Love that. even in a relationship, right? Mm. <laughs> um, and competence in terms of that operational trust is fueled by talent <laughs> and skills. Sorry. <laughs> 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 Talent to do the dishes. I love that. I love this little yeah. snort. Just no, that sounds great. Because dishwashing, you know, anyone else that wants to do it, go for it. Um, 
I benefit from your capability. So even at home, you can apply this trust framework. Yeah, yeah. We are going to get back to emotional no, no, safety. Good. But down the bottom, the relational one, of course, is our favourite because we love relationships. Um, the two quadrants down the bottom are involvement and sincerity. So I love, you know, when someone is for you, hmm. when you know they are for you, that's the sincerity. I connect because I believe your hmm. intentions are yeah. good. Mm-hmm. Right, fueled by honesty and real conversations, yes. and then this other one, which is just as good. You know, you know. I don't know if you've ever felt invisible, but that's part of my journey and my stories. Mm-hmm. I've, I've felt invisible, and what I have come to realise is I had a lot to do with that, but I didn't know that until the last two years. Again, okay? <laughs> I'm in my fifties, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm just saying this lifelong journey of studying emotions and people and relationships. Please teach us so we don't have to wait till we're 50. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I don't think either of you are invisible at all, but I certainly felt that way. And even sometimes yeah. I have to pull myself up to, you know, and I say that yeah. and link it because this one, involvement, mm. it's fueled by time together wow. and common experiences and deep listening. Mm. You can't be invisible in that space. That's why that's the connection I made there. It's really, I really. connect because I believe you are attuned to my concerns, mm. right? So trusting someone, when you feel seen and heard, that is super powerful. Absolutely. I, I, I think a lot of our kids come to us and don't feel that way. Totally. Mm. totally. Katie, it reminds me of the, the mm. testimony we've heard a few times with yeah. Katie. Yeah. What strikes me when I hear her is that invisibility, but not all, not all, only that, is just people weren't for her. Mm. That's That was her That's own testimony, felt. what yeah. she said when she came. Yeah. She actually, when she came to Ultra One, she felt like, Everyone was for her and it was a very unusual experience for her. And, I mean, that that I tear up a little, that makes me feel really sad because that's not what we want in life for, for our kids or for anyone really. No, um, but she felt heard and seen and trust is built in those spaces. So when I'm operating like that with you, then trust is built. Emotional safety yeah. is the end result yeah. to so answer that question. Wow. Wow. So good. If you're a parent too, I'm just sort of attuning to that thought about that tuning to concerns and listening and hearing and you know, if you're a parent you might have stumbled across this podcast just in case you are listening you know that ability to really see and hear and know your 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 child yeah and just be attuned to their concerns because often as adults we're, we're attuned to ours yeah or our anxieties and our concerns with with our, our kids for those of you who have them um, but even if we're working in an all to one context or a teacher or an EA or, you know, you might be listening and you're not part of all to one, but you work in an educational space or mm. engagement space. And so that capacity to be attuned to concerns and building that that, that emotional trust, that relational yes. trust is, and safety is really, really important. Um, I, I created another little diagram to help me because I, I create diagrams, right, and, that, and then I can thing. speak from them because it's my thing. Um, <laughs> and one of them was about circling your orbit. And so it was mm. for parents because like it. Is your where is your child in your orbit today? Mm. You know, because it's a check and a balance to make sure they've circled your life. And the picture is this, mm. in the centre is the parent and then there's the, some orbit circles and then there's circles, your kids are the circles around you. Mm gather every day what I would do when I'd pick the kids up. We had a routine, Paul and I, and we even went through a season where we made appointments in our diary for our kids, even though we saw them obviously yeah. every day. But these were special appointments, right, because they were both going through a season where they needed mm. 
Mm. to know they came first mm. because mm. we're people person people people and mm. we always have a lot going on in our lives with people and there just came a time when we both knew instinctively we had to do that mm. um but i i digress no no, um, no this is good i digress um um my job was picking up the kids i would do the homework you know the after school snacks because sam was always starving um but my most important job in the afternoon was circling them and gathering them back mm. into my orbit. Yeah. This is what I this is what I loved. This is what I treasured. This is what I did. If we didn't get all the homework done, that didn't bother me. But what was important to me was how was your day today? Mm. And how was your day today? Gather them into your orbit. Mm. Gather them. Pull them in mm. and go, how you doing? Mm. What's mm. what was hard today? And I'll tell you, it happens every single time. G- gather them, yeah, gather wow. them, gather them into your orbit. So this comes into that that's sort of that term about proximity. Yes. So, yes. you know, the, the, the question I want to ask, I guess, is how do you keep yourself emotionally safe? You're talking about it with your kids and, and, I mean, if you're a teacher and all that sort of stuff, even just that thought of gathering kids, you do it every day. EAs do it every day. Yes, Chuckles do it every day. Do. You're gathering young people into your orbit. Yep. Parents, this is something I think, if you're listening, yep. you can practice this and it works. Yep. Things around trust, boundaries, behaviours. Do you want to just talk about how you keep yourself emotionally safe, like individually? How do I do that? I know you sort of touched on it, but you want to just sort of maybe, is there any other pointers or any other wisdom that you've got to share? There's There are a few different foundation stones to create emotional safety. We, we talked about trust. Yep. And I love that because... It's it's a topical, seasonal top, you know, for us in the, in the yeah. college right now, isn't it? Yeah. Um, proximity, as you as you're yeah. saying, Mark, that's where those I use the circles because yeah. how close you are, how close you place someone in your life, yeah. you have to actually work that out first. So the first part of the exercise is actually understanding where you've placed them, and then understanding. So like time and attention in each circle is different. Yeah. Investment. Is each so connection, investment, empathy, and safety? They're different in every circle. Mm. But we need acquaintances in our life. We actually need superficial fun. Well, hopefully yeah, all the are. fun. But we need we need those people as much as we need the deep heart to heart. Can I cry with you? I'm going to sob right now. It's going to sound ugly, but I'm going to do it anyway. Right? <laughs> yeah. We need all of those Absolutely. all those types of people in our lives. Right? I have those with Nathan sometimes. <laughs> yeah, and you know what I didn't tell you about the heart space. Well, I actually, there's two categories in there. There's the heart keepers and the heart builders. And I called them that because there are some people you don't see very often, mm. but they'll always be in your heart space mm. and you'll always keep them there. That's very you'll just good. just always keep them there. They're never going to be acquaintances. They're never going to be seasonal friends. They're mm. never going to be your best friend. But they're someone who just gets you, right? Yeah. There's just that mojo. Yeah. No, no. It's, I, going I, on. But then the heart and then the heart right. builders, they're the ones that are the same type of people in your life. They show up the same way for you, mm. but yet you see them regularly and often and you build constantly building in mm. that space. So so for emotional safety, you've got to have trust. Yeah. You've got to have proximity. Yeah. You need to know who's where. It yep. is an exercise. It might take you an hour to quickly plot on a on on five circles mm. who you're putting where. Um, because then when behaviour yeah. isn't great or it's really great and you've got them in the acquaintance space and you want to move them, right, um, 
I know we do it instinctively and naturally, but sometimes it isn't instinctive and it no, isn't natural. Not That's why the tool, when the mm. when the tool is useful, yeah. is when you're really struggling with someone, or when what about when you've got a fabulous nail technician because everyone loves having the nails done right, <laughs> and they become more than a nail technician. Mm. What happens when that happens? So they're in your seasonal space because yeah. they're people that provide services for you. Mm. And all of a sudden you strike up conversations that hit a whole nother level of love and grief and joy and pain. You know, do you feel, is it easy for you to move them? Because one thing we know, you know, in school, how many friends you can make is at an all-time high. But we know in the 20s it's proven in research that your friendship circles shrink. Mm. They shrink. Where's that? And that's the fourth thing. So emotional safety, if I summed it up, it would be, getting your trust sorted out, working out what proximity you've got to everyone, mm. assessing behaviours. You know, behaviour really is word, actions. You know, there's, it's, it's, In very, order to it's pretty sort of basic. Position. And then and then there's the yes and no. Like, it, I just, it's super important and we're not going to go right into it, but it makes or breaks a relationship. You can feel safe and, or not safe with someone emotionally if they don't hear your yes and they don't hear your no. Mm. And, I mean, we could get a lot more complicated, but that that it comes down to that every single time. Boundaries is about your yes and your no. Boundaries, for those that maybe haven't, haven't studied this, is not about walls. It's about fences with gates. Mm-hmm. Half height, think about half height, mm-hmm. not full-time, not walls of a house, mm. half height fences. It, they determine where you end and where someone else begins, mm. what you have control over yeah. and what you do not. <laughs> and this stuff's in PR in the PRCB. Absolutely. Right. Our personal yeah. recovery yep. unit that we're yep. running with kids. So, you know, those of you who are listening from within our context within Alter One, that I love that thought about fences with gates. Fences mm. with gates. Because we I remember teaching this when we were doing Yeah, this a is lot Cloud of stuff and Townsend kids, stuff. Right? Yeah. Mm. So you need boundaries. But they but, but not walls. No. Walls walls don't serve anyone. And what you what you think you're keeping out, you're prisons. inflicting upon yourself. That's right. It's yeah. a prison, it's like unforgiveness. You know, you actually get a chain, you put it around your ankle, you cement it into the floor, and you stay in that place when you choose not to forgive someone, right? Mm. It's actually you that you're inflicting the pain upon, not anyone else. And it's the same with boundaries in that sense. Boundaries are fences with walls. Half-height, beautiful little white picket fences with beautiful little white gate with lovely gold and silver clasps, you know, all the bits (laughs) decorated exactly how you want. Your French provincial, could be modern, could be boho. You pick the style. That's the fence that is for you in your life. You went fully deep. Right? And that's the gate you've got. You you have it how you want it, right? Yes. And you let the people in you want to let in and you usher out the people you want to usher out. But those, those, those boundaries tell you where, who you are, what you stand for, what you don't, what you permit, what you don't. Yes. What is allowed, you allow, what isn't allowed, you don't allow, you know, all of that sort of stuff. So that would be the four big rocks in, I think, mm. getting achi- achieving emotional safety for yourself. Know who you've placed where. Understand what trust looks like for mm. you and who you've got it with and who you haven't. Yeah. Know how to say yes and no Very and good. be heard mm. and be able to... Um, objectively look at how people are behaving and how you are behaving because mm. we are all held to the same standards, <laughs> right, as this, but know how people are behaving and be honest about that with yourself, mm. you know, so that you can create, move them if you need to move them so you can create an mm. emotional safety sealer. 
Sure. No, Absolutely gold. Absolutely gold. I mean, what I love about this conversation is that not only offering those like paradigms to think around emotional safety, you're actually giving them some practices of emotional safety, which yeah. I think is so important for both both the staff listening and also for the parents listening. I mean, it's just been absolutely, absolutely great just to hear these paradigms and also practices on yeah, the ground. Um, perhaps then just to wrap it up. I mean, I know you've given us a lot of practices and also a lot of thoughts already, but perhaps just to land it, what would be that one thought and that one practice that you really want to leave us with today? Your emotional health is just as important as your physical health and your mental health. It is just as important. I'd love you to go away and think about what are you investing into looking after your emotional health, looking after yourself emotionally. Because I know it's just not something we think about often, but I would love, I'd love you to go away and think about investing right, in it. It might be fine. listening to a podcast. It might be, it, you know, it could be any investment in time. Inve- I'm not just saying in money. Just where does it fit on your totem pole of priorities? What right. are you investing into your emotional health? Yeah. Super awesome. Awesome. I love it. Thank you so much, man. It's been awesome to have you with us. But before you do finally close off, I have to ask you, I have to ask you, is there important, these are emotionally healthy questions for me to ask you. Um, So three quick fire questions. What streaming series are you currently watching or binging on, whether it's Netflix, Stan, Disney, Prime, Amazon, YouTube, what are you watching? What's 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 Martin Trinder well, consuming? We at got night? Disney for Christmas. Come on. We did a, a nightly ritual, Sam, Paul and I on the Mandalorian. Come on. And Boba Fett. Oh, so good. I love them. I just love them. And so the, you know, the update of the in the Star Wars universe. Yes. I am working my way in chronological order of the Marvel. Wow. I love the Marvel universe. Well done. So I am working my way through that. It's going to take me months because I'm only, you know, you've only, there's only so much. Yeah, there's only like 25 no, I like movies. The chronological order of it. I like just. Yeah, I know. There's, there's, I'm only a third of the way through, but I started months ago. But that's okay. I started. <laughs> that's gold. That's okay. That's super cool. Well, there you go. The Mandalorian definitely emotionally safe. All right. What about? Yeah, so if you had to choose a song that defines your current season, what would it be right now? Everything is Changed by Taylor Swift and Ed Sheeran. Nice. That's a good song. That's a good song. I'm going to listen to that. And lastly, one thing, one thing, either in work, relationships, Mm. or life that you're working on that makes you come alive right now Digital planners. Wow. Nice. Right. I love that. <laughs> I, I am a creative. I do love, I'm an administrator, so I love all things administrative. I am creating digital planets right now and they are lighting my world. That's so good. I love that. I mean, hyperlinked. Yes. I yes. mean, digital, like you can put everything, brain oh, dump man. stuff, all your medical history, you can keep record and track of it all, your day, your week, your month, your year at a view. I know, I could go on. Uh, I wish everyone can see how passionate oh, you are God, right now. Your body language got, is great. I've got <laughs> Mark is an incredible artist. He would love my clip art right now. I'm going to show him when <laughs> when when it's done. I'm going to show it to him because I know he's just going to go, wow, that's so – and I, I respect his opinion. That's of great. Artistic, yes. Administrative, no. no <laughs> an incredible artist. Administration is for those of you who do it. That's your place of promotional safety. Don't dis administration. We we love you. We love it. Hey, this is Mark Godfrey (laughs) and Nathan Fawcett with Martin. We are signing off on our first Alter One Heartbeat podcast. 
And thanks for listening, guys. We hope you've got so much out of this. Encourage you to keep going back, re-listening to these things, to keep learning, keep growing. Remember, we love you. We love you, and we'll see you next time. Keep flourishing. You have been listening to Heartbeat. If you haven't done so yet, please subscribe to the show and share far and wide. This has been a podcast produced by Alter One College. To find out more about Alter One College, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Or visit the college website at www.alter-one.com.au.